I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a passage of scripture from the Gospel of John, chapter 15. I'll read one verse. I'll probably describe the verses around it. Uh, there's something Jesus says here that I think is just fascinating, that I need to know it, and I'd like to share it with you. And then ju just before we dismiss, um, I wanted to, um, uh, to kind of share, I have a little, some images I wanted to share with you, so, so don't leave. After the, after the altar call, don't leave. I want you to see some things that we're going we're gonna to show you. John chapter 15 Verse 14, and I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. And this is what it says. John chapter 15, verse 14 says, You are my friends if you do what I command. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that with the intent that you said these words, what they mean and, and what they'll accomplish. I pray, Father, that I'm able to communicate that clearly this morning and that you would do in us what your purpose is for us. We thank you for who you are and what you are for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. You are my friends if you do what I command. Jesus was entering into his final days on earth. You know, here in John chapter 15, if you've ever read John chapter 15 and 16, he begins to pray and, and you can see the, uh, the stirring of something uh, deep and intense in his life, the prayers, and he's sharing his prayers with God's people. He's entering into those final days and the pressure for him was mounting, the pressure upon Christ and not just for, for Jesus himself, but for his disciples also. The pressure was mounting. The final days for, uh, of his life on earth, they were coming to an end. And so they were seeing and experiencing something that they had not seen or experienced uh, in the three years, three and a half years that Jesus had been with them. Uh, they were seeing the disrespect by the religious leaders confronting him and trying to trap him and finding ways to, to imprison or kill him. And little by little, the fight that Jesus was fighting had become their fight. It was their struggle, it was their burden, having to walk with him and, and, and seeing the sneers and hearing the comments of the religious leaders, they identified with Christ and so it became their burden as well. So things were changing for them. It was a heavy time for them. So Jesus changes the relationship. He changes the relationship. He says, until now, you've been servants, and you've called me servants, and I've, and I've addressed you as servants, but I'm changing things now. And there's nothing wrong with being a servant, but being a friend of Jesus is an upgrade. He says, I'm changing things now. There is a need for me to change things. And it's not, it shouldn't be too strange of a thing for Jesus to say that, uh, you know, that we're his friends because it's happened in the past where Abram was a, was a friend of God. It was, it was an upgrade for him. Jesus is saying, I'm, I want to change things for you. And there's only one thing that he asked them to do. 
in this friendship. One thing, he says, simply obey my teaching. If you obey what I command, you can be my friends. That's heavy. That's heavy. He's calling us to higher circles that we can be friends. Can you imagine? I don't know. I don't know if there's a person you can think of that if you were their friend, it's, it like takes you to another level, a whole nother level. Yeah, I know me maybe, you know, but not me. Somebody, <laughs> if you can imagine, Jesus says, you're not servants. You're, you're not, you're friends of mine if you obey what I teach you, if you obey my command. But still the fact remains. You know, the challenge, the difficulties in life, the difficulties of living and obeying him. Man, a, a man or a woman uh, who does not obey Christ is what he's telling us. A man or a woman who does not obey Christ uh, doesn't give Jesus the proper honor, his proper place, his proper respect. Because he's saying, you know what, I, I want you to obey me. I want you to, to follow what I command, but I want to change the relationship. I want you to know that I love you on a whole different level. I want you to understand that. In fact, it's, it's, a, it's a very unfriendly thing to unfriend Christ. To, to, to not obey him is to unfriend him. To not obey him is to put him at a distance. Jesus bases his relationship with me and you on the obedience we have for his commands. If I have a friend... I need to be careful to honor that friendship. I'm talking about me. If I have a friend, I need to be careful to honor that friendship. Right? Jesus changes the relationship here. He's doing something different. And the most friendly thing a man can do for Jesus is to obey him, to listen to what he says and to follow what he says. Sometimes there are people with, with money that think that giving alone will will mend the relationship and bridge the gap between them and Jesus. Or those with talents and skills, if I use my talents and my skills in honor of Christ, then, then I'm friends with Christ. But he wants to know us on a whole different level than that. A whole different level. He says, you know what, if you obey what I teach you, man, we have a relationship. We're friends. If you've ever had a close friend, you tend to think alike. You ever have a close friend? You begin to, to think alike and you even start looking alike, dressing alike. I remember in high school, there were people, man, that, that were like identical. You know, they, they weren't related, but they were identical. Dressing alike, looking alike, wearing the same things, calling each other in the morning. Hello, this is what we're going to wear today, right? <laughs> Proverbs 18, 24 says, a man of many companions may come to ruin. You can have all kinds of friends and, and, and yet come to ruin, but there is a friend, the Bible says, that sticks closer than a brother. And Jesus is that friend. He says that he will no longer call us servants. I'm not gonna call you servants anymore. I wanna call you friends. I wanna call you friends. And that for me, and I'll be honest with you, that for me is difficult to understand. Because as a pastor, I serve him. As a pastor, I labor for him. As a, as a pastor, I have unavoidable, inescapable responsibilities as a pastor that I cannot walk away from. I cannot get away from escape. 
In fact, I want to serve Jesus. After all he's done for me, I can't think of existing any other kind of way but serving him and being a servant, a soldier for Christ, even if it means my life. Serving is the least I can do for Jesus. But Jesus tells me, but Jesus tells me that what he's done for me is not the criteria of serving him. What he's done for me is the criteria of his friendship to me. I am your friend. And a friend will lay down his life for those that he loves. And this amazes me. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. What he's done for me is out of friendship. What he's done for me is to be close to me, for me to love him, to talk to him, to spend time with him. This is what makes serving just so much more tasteful. What makes serving so much more uh, uh, enjoyable is the fact that I do it with a friend, for a friend. So he calls me friend, and he calls you friend. He towers over me, but as a friend, he comes alongside of me. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, he says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But Christ demonstrates his own love for us in this that while we were still sinners, while we were still drinking that old English, hello, while we were still doing the things that we were doing, hiding out in the darkness, while we were still doing those things, Christ died for us. When we were still messed up, when we were cursing him, when we were avoiding him, not reading his word, not praying, mocking those that loved him, Christ died for us when we were still in our sin. I remember as a new Bible study leader years ago, years ago, and, and man, last night I was looking at some old, old, old pictures. I'm talking old pictures. They were old, those pictures were old. And I took them, you know. I was looking at these old pictures, I said, man, I, you know, and, and, and I was thinking about this, this concept as I was, as, as I was reading this and, and studying this, Romans 5, that was one of the first Bible studies I ever taught. And, and it amazed me. As a new Bible study leader, so many years ago, one of the first things I taught in my Bible study was this thing that we have in common with God, that we're friends, that peace. We, God has made peace with us and we're friends with God. It was a new concept for me, going to church and having something in common with people that I, I didn't know, people that, I, I, you know, that was a new thing, that we have something in common, and what we had in common was friendship with Jesus. We're no longer striving with God, fighting with God. People don't come together simply by interest or, or, or common subjects or hobbies. Of course, there are times that they do, but, but there's a pairing of lives. There's a blending of lives in friendship. It's more than just being interested in the same subject. 
There's a shared concern, a shared interest. I think that sometimes social media undoes that unity that takes place when person and person come together, where friendships are made face to face. We need to be careful with that. The, the, the birth rate has plummeted in Japan, plummeted in Japan. Why has the birth rate, birth rate dropped so far? It's because people are making friends with robots. Friends with enemy, they're in fantasy land and there are no longer relationships that produce life. It's changing, the world is changing. Jesus says, I wanna be your friend. I wanna walk with you and have conversation with you and protect you when, I, when, I, when you need protection. A friend with a shared concern, man, a shared interest. Jesus has made you to be his friends. He's made me to be his friends. That means that he visits you like a friend visits. And he'll talk to you because friends talk to each other. And he's patient with you because sometimes, man, we need some patience. Hello, right? There are times when he carries us, when we need to be carried. He stands up for us and fights for us when we need protection. He rejoices in your prosperity. He doesn't get bummed out. Oh, oh who do they think they are now? Right? He doesn't get bummed out and jealous when you prosper. He's responsible for you prospering. And he rejoices with you when you prosper. He rejoices in you. And even from his throne in heaven, even this very moment, he is interceding for you. Here in this brief passage of scripture, I see a couple of things that hear about his friendship, about, about this idea of friendship. I think it is is very important. I just want to share these, just a couple of things here. Number one, the Bible tells us that he is a friend to us because he shares everything he hears from his father. That's what he says. Everything I hear, I tell you. I, I, I let you know. I'm not holding anything back. You think about how true that is among, among earthly friends. Earthly friends so, are so close. Those that have good friendships are so close. They share everything. Sometimes they go way too far, right? But they share everything with a friend, a friend they trust, right? A friend can speak their mind. A friend will tell you what they know. They don't hold back secrets, not friends. Not friends, because friends trust one another. They talk to one another. He says, I won't keep you in the dark. I'll tell you my business. In fact, I will tell you my father's business. That's what he says. I'll tell you what my father tells me. I'll tell you what's happening in my father's house. God is probably saying, Jesus, what you telling them? He said, man, I, you know, they're my friends. I got to tell them. They're my friends. He says, all things that I've heard of my father, I have declared unto you. I don't keep things back. I'm not, I'm not hiding things from you. There's no, no, no you know, you got to reach the fifth level of spirituality and then I'll pour out a little. No, you are my friends. If you obey what I command, I'll let it all out, right? All things that my father has spoken, I'll, I'll let you know. Frenemies don't do that, right? Acquaintances don't do that. Friends do that. And he is your friend. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, it tells us this. It, 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 and, and I saw this happening just Friday night, just 
with, with uh, Sister Frances as she shared and uh, Sister Crystal when she was sharing, even Caesar when, when he, Pastor Danny, Pastor Jerry, when, do, when they make announcements, I hear the Spirit speaking. I hear the voice of God. And when you listen, you listen to the words of the music, the Spirit is prompting us to say things, to do things, that he wants to say. And it tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. He's saying two things here. Nobody knows certain things, but some people do. Nobody knows what God has prepared, but some people do because he reveals it by his spirit. The spirit, he goes on to say, searches all things, even the deep things for, from, of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except for the, the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. Amen. And then it goes on in verse 16. It says, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And that's a, that's a rhetorical question. And the answer is, is nobody. Nobody can instruct the Lord. Nobody knows him so well that he can tell God what to do. But then he says this. But we have the mind of Christ. Man, there's no secrets. That's a friend. That's a friend. Why or how? Because he shares everything with his friends. We can walk in to a service. We can listen to the music that was selected, whether they intend it or not. We can hear what people say, whether they have planned it or not. And as you listen, you hear the theme of the Spirit as he speaks to us. What is he doing? right now? What does he want to say? What does he want to communicate? And he uses people, men of God and women of God, who have been prompted to speak on his behalf because he keeps no secrets and reveals to us what he wants us to know because he is our friend. Secondly, we overcome loneliness through friendship. He wants to be our companion. Friendship happens between people you know and people you like and people you trust, right? Friendship doesn't happen with people you don't trust, right? We don't make friends with people we don't trust. Friends have a mutual desire to be together, to live together, to serve together. They make plans together. Friends make decisions together. They do activities together. Friends do that, right? Unlike thieves or, or cons, they make plans about you, but you don't know it, right? right? That's the difference. A friend will tell you what the plans are. We're, you know, this is what, let's plan this together. Let's do this together. Hey, let's go here together. Let's go have lunch together. You know, somebody who, who's not out for your good, they'll make plans and you'll be included in the plans. You just won't know about it, <laughs> right? Until you check your purse. <laughs> Friends will walk with you. And not just along the path 
the sidewalk, but in life, walk with you in the journey of life to be with you, present there for you, whether you are together with them, side by side, or, or distance separates you, they walk with you. Man, that is special. We need that today. Psychologists say that people who lack friendships have a problem opening up to everybody or anybody. And, and it becomes difficult for them. And it, it, it tends to become a cycle of loneliness because they can never share and talk. And so the healing that happens when you have a companion tends to be prolonged, delayed. They remain private to themselves. And so Jesus comes and says, I want to be your friend. And when you are the friend of Jesus, he has other friends. Right here in church, people that you get to know because we have this thing in common, friendship with Jesus that becomes life, that becomes healing, becomes transformational. And we overcome loneliness through the friendship. Matthew 18, 20 says, uh, for where two or three come together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. He loves fellowship. He loves to just hang out. And when we get together, guess who shows up? Jesus shows up. Matthew 28, 20, he says, and surely I am with you always. That means that there is never a time that I can't simply speak his name, never a time in fear, never a time in worry or concern that I can't just say, Jesus, I need you right now and have to wait and have to, you know, kind of panic and where is he at right now? He is always with us. John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Friendship is about caring, sharing interest, showing concern about another's welfare. So we're no longer alone, but members of the family of God. He loves us like that. Thirdly, and lastly, friendship helps to heal some of the greatest human pains that exist in the world. I, I mentioned to you before what's happening in Japan. It's crazy that the birth rate would plummet. And, they, and when the researchers began to find out why, it's like, man, they're falling in love with fantasy stuff, you know? What in the world is that? Where are we going as a society? Man, you, you guys need friends or something? What's, you know, some people replace friends with poodles, dogs, you know? Oh, this is my friend, you know, and they're carrying them around, you know, on the, on the side. And, and, they, and they share their deepest secrets, you know? The dog's just like, okay, you know? Right? Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes 4.10, if one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Some of us have suffered at the hands of so-called friends. Some of us have inflicted that kind of pain. Who were Jesus' friends? Peter? who was always talking back and having conflict with Jesus, telling Jesus, Jesus, man, are you sure, you know? You, and rebuking Jesus, his plans, right? Judas was one of his friends. When he spoke these words, Judas was there, and he betrayed him. Thomas, who doubted him, 
didn't believe him. Martha, the sister of Lazarus, who reprimanded Jesus when he didn't come when she expected him. Didn't you know I called you? My brother was sick and you didn't show up. You know, weren't you? How come you weren't at the hospital? How come you weren't at the house? How come I'm trying to get a hold of you and you were never there? And Jesus had other plans. But she's a friend. These are friends of Jesus that traveled with Jesus. They were part of his daily life. It was them who questioned him and doubted him and often even disappointed him. But he didn't hold that against any of them. Because a true friend is someone who has your back when things are going wrong in your life. And he shows up to see you through tough times. And like a true friend, Jesus kept his promises to them. And in the need, the deep need that they had in their lives, there he was to provide for them. Can you imagine if he kept grudges? You know, kept a, a little, uh, you know, grudges against, you know, those of us who did things and we come to him at the altar, Lord, I'm, I'm finally ready. Well, I remember what you said about me. What, what? <laughs> Way back on, you know, down at, you know, so-and-so, what you said this or that, you know, don't come here. You know, don't come here. Go, go talk to Buddha. You, know? you never talked about him behind his back. Maybe he'll accept you. Right? Can you imagine if Jesus held grudges like that? There is health and healing in friendship. People look for it in all kinds of places. But where would we be? Who would we be without friends? Jesus loved his disciples both then and now. And he invites us into this covenant of friendship. No longer servants as friends. Right? So we're not visitors in the house of God. We're not, you know, just like checking out. You know, he's invited us as friends. Come on in. We're part of the family. We're not acquaintances or associates. Jesus says, you are my friends. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise, for who you are for us, who you are for us, who you're willing to be for us. Oh, Jesus, we thank you that you left all of the all of the richness of heaven, the beauty of heaven, to experience life on earth with us, to die on a cross for us, lonely, yet being a friend to everyone. And you change the relationship. All that you've done for us you don't require, you don't require that, that we are minimized or distant, but close to you. Though you tower over us in majesty and holiness, in beauty, you come alongside of us as friends. And so I ask this morning, Lord God, that we would keep the one requirement you make 
for friendship. The one thing you ask, the only thing you ask, is to obey your commands. That if we simply do what you've taught us, if we simply do what you asked us to do, you're forever with us, walking, talking, protecting, providing. New things will happen in our lives, fresh things, new direction, new horizons, new hope, when we simply obey what you've asked us to do. So I ask my God this morning that new friendships be made, new friendships be made. We thank you in Jesus' name. The Lord has spoken to you. Why don't you come? Come to the altars this morning. Talk to God this morning. Oh, let's build our friendship with him. Let's talk with him. Let's have a conversation. He's waiting for you this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.